Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Strickland Patreon Mailbag Edition. I'm Drew. Dallas is here. Dallas. Let's go, Knicks. We are officially the winners of the NFT Bowl. Our NFT bro is better than the Nets NFT bro. Josh Hart owns Dinwiddie, and Dinwiddie oh, should have to send every single JPEG. Dinwiddie's a dead again. Dinwiddie should have to send every single JPEG of his to Josh Hart tonight because of how Josh Hart absolutely owned him down the stretch. That is great analysis right there. But guys, you're in for a treat. We're having a guest today on the mailbag. That's right, a guest. I normally wouldn't allow guests on this show because it's, I don't know. But we have a very special guest. He used to be the the podfather of Nick's podcasting. <laughs> he is the one, the only, James Barcita. This used to be my playground. <laughs> used to be. Thank you for having me and uh, breaking your own uh, no guests rule, which you very poorly explained just now. You're like, just because. Yeah, that, that is, is it just that was... is it just like a flex? You're like, it's our, it's have... not my one-on-one time. Okay, all right, that's fair. This is our, our bi-weekly hangout. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it was just me coming up with that rule right now. It <laughs> 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 have no thought behind it. Can I just say, I'm not going to hijack the podcast, but no, I, this ahead. is the first time I heard that, this is the first time I heard that Josh Hart is an NFT bro, which is deeply disappointing. It is, is, that, it is deeply disappointing. That's like the worst thing about because it's been obviously all great stuff so far, but that's, that's the first kind of fly in the ointment. You're like, hmm, maybe it could go wrong at some point. I think he has but, one of those ape things. Okay. Yeah, he's posted, a, he's posted a number of things like, what's the next NFT I should get everybody? And then like, so I saw people retweeting that like just, you know, a couple of minutes ago and it was from like 2021. Do we know that he's still into it? Is he still (laughs) bullish? It's like, it's like uh, Jinko jeans. Like if you were into them for like six months, it's like, all right, I kind of can get it. But like, if you're still wearing them and you're like 35 and have two kids, you're like, "Uh, maybe Jinko jeans should go in the the drawer. That's some fantastic Dallas analysis. (laughs) So we are here to answer your amazing questions that are submitted only in the Patreon. No, not the Patreon. (laughs) Only in the Discord, which you get access to. Via Patreon. So guys, go to the strict.land, 
check out the homepage, click on Patreon. It's somewhere on the website. <laughs> donate some <laughs> donate one of the tiers. I think we are in the six dollar tier, and you get to hear the entire episode, not just the we already give away an hour and a half of free, <laughs> free content. Terrible business strategy. It's a but terrible that's business what we strategy. do. But it's what we do. We just we give half the podcast for free. But if you want to hear the other half where I save all the, the actual good questions for gotta go there, get on Patreon, subscribe, or you can just go to patreon.com backslash the Strickland. There you go. That is a Patreon plug. Alex, I remembered because I almost forgot. But I remembered because I know he's listening right now. Pretty sure it's a forward slash, though. Don't get it twisted. Is it a forward slash? I think so, yeah. When the bottom part is to the left and the top part is to the right, that's a forward slash. (laughs) Oh, okay. Whatever. I mean, forward slash, backslash. I I just want the money. I want you guys to get the money. So (laughs) We get paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a very... Uh, start, we're starting off right now with one of our favorite people who asks us questions. It is our beloved Jerry Garcia. He is <laughs> starting this uh, mailbag at, off because he's actually with us. So we, I, we want his thoughts on this. And you want to talk about a, a top tier question? Our first question from our beloved Jerry Garcia. Has the Kyle Lowry situation crossed the Rubicon? <laughs> I think I think we should let our guest, our esteemed guest, take this one. <laughs> I honestly don't even remember like what that was a reference to. It was it was something that like some reporter said that was goofy, but yeah. So I apologize for that, mostly to me because now I'm stuck having to answer to it. <laughs> yeah, you have to because what I'm going to say yes, it has, it has. What is the Rubicon? It's a river. Hmm. Is it? Yeah. What? Where is it a river? Italy. It's a river in Italy? Yeah, this is the whole the whole Julius Caesar and the crossing of the Rubicon. It's a famous historical uh, moment. That's what it means. That's what it's a reference to. Yeah. It's I, also a Bob Dylan lyric. So he's uh, something yeah. That's I think yeah, I don't know. I'm woefully unequipped to answer this, which is the kind of position I like to put you guys in. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Well, that's what Dallas is here for. That really came back to bite me in the ass. That's good. Yeah, this is what Dallas is for. That's karma. I don't know anything. So Dallas takes takes it all. (laughs) So he, our beloved Jerry Garcia, asked us a number of questions. Next question: How far back did you go? I definitely didn't ask these for this mailbag. This uh, this question was a tweet from Kevin O'Connor, and it says, "I can't take." The Clippers seriously as final contenders. Total wannabes as currently constructed. They need to make a trade. And I believe, actually, I forgot to actually keep the question that was asked about it, but I'm pretty sure uh, our blood was like, is this true? You, what is your take on that? Dallas, are, do you think the, uh, <laughs> the Clippers are wannabes? Um, as much as I respect Kevin O'Connor's masterful stylings on the guitar... <laughs> um, I have to reject his basketball analysis here. Uh, I think the Clippers are are legit uh, contenders, although this trade deadline uh, definitely hurt them a little bit. Um, a lot of teams got a lot better in the West. Um, not so much in the East. Uh, Didn't they get guys? What was that? 
They got someone. They they traded for someone. Yeah, they got a uh, Bones Highland from Denver. There you uh, go. I don't think I don't think Bones Highland is a real needle mover. Um, I guess the Russell Westbrook sweepstakes are still ongoing, so uh, they have the chance to get uh, a a ball hog dominant. Uh, Wait, he, he's still not signed yet. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, he actually may be out of the league faster than I thought. <laughs> I mean, who? So, like, if you're if you're like. Trying to win right now, do you want the guy who, like, there's been all these videos this year of, like, LeBron being, like, they were just incredible videos where LeBron is, like, gathering the team and, like, all right, let's put it all on the line. Like, let's string them together. Like, this let's, this is where it is. We're, this is what we play for, you know? He's, like, getting into it. And then you have Russ in the background. He's, like, yeah, guys, and just remember, no matter win or lose, have fun, have fun out there, guys. He's like giving like the uh, the pee wee dad like spill to like his team. Like this guy does not care about winning right now. Like if you're a developing team, you don't want this ball hog to like take all of the time from your up and coming guys or whatever. Like you don't want Cade Cunningham not getting reps because Westbrook is dominating the ball. Like what are, what are you even doing? And then if you're trying to win, do you really want the guy who's like, let's just have fun out there and I'm going to jack up a bunch of shots like on your team? who has proven that he can't do, even though he's like obviously incredibly talented. Like when they played the Knicks, um, he blew by repeatedly. Like he blew by quickly. He blew by Grimes. He blew by RJ. Just like for his age, just impressive athleticism. I mean, like, I mean everyone's, everyone's blowing by RJ. Way. He's not using that in any productive way on a winning team. So like, why are you going after him? I, I don't know. He could be out of the league. He could be out of the league. He would be awesome in China though. He would be. Or like 120 points. Per game. He should just go to the Spurs and just tank the Spurs to uh, Wemby. They're already for, there. They're doing fine. For the record, I think I posted this tweet by accident in the mailbag <laughs> questions channel because it's it's one channel underneath takes from obvious bozos. So I, I think that's what I was going for. But Dallas go. dropped some knowledge, so it all worked out. All right, and our final question, and this is going to tie into a number of questions here that you're going to see. The final question from our beloved Jerry Garcia is, is Josh Hart a hooper? And then we have Franklin Chubb. As a wise man once said, the Hart move is 100% to wake up RJ. Do you think it will end up working? And then Orange and Blue shared tweets that he specifically tweeted back in mid-January saying that the Knicks should get Josh Hart. And then he asks... Are these the Knicks? Great question, Blue. I, I hope you're listening right now, and I love uh, you uh, shouting yourself out for <laughs> that Josh Hart take no, in the mailbag. Omar and Omar and Orange and Blue both have been for a long time on like the Josh Hart hype train, and so far in these first couple games, man, they've been proven right. He's been uh, just a breath of fresh air, just absolutely incredible. He is meshing with quickly. Like you just have the most two intense motherfuckers out there, just like talking constantly, playing sound, fundamental, hard nose, aggressive defense, running in transition. Just like Josh Hart was like screaming at the crowd and pounding his chest tonight as he was dominating Spencer Dinwiddie. And like Madison Square Garden was just eating that shit up as we're up by like 20 in the, you know, in the fourth quarter and just ripping out. Ben Simmons' soul. Uh, it was it was beautiful to watch. Um, so, like, shout out. Omar has been talking about him as number one on his dog list for a long time. And uh, sure seems that way. 
So for the for the free people who may be listening to this, Dallas is referencing specifically <laughs> one of our patrons, just so you guys can get an idea of Omar. <laughs> what he's talking about. Because anyone else listening to this would be like... Omar's not that common of a name, so everyone I'm oh, they, sure they knows know. exactly who we're talking about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But no, I, I, I've liked uh, Josh Hart. That's, it. That's all I got. I like him. I would say to answer my own question, he is more of a dog than a hooper. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, like hoopers yeah. just like the people who are just like. Yes, I don't think they are. I don't know. I, I was gonna say hooper. Like one quality of a hooper is like they've got a bag, right? It's like, like hooper. They've got all their tricks they can pull out and whatever, but they're not necessarily like hard nosed. They're not. They are. I would say they almost never play defense. A hooper. Yes. People like he's a hooper. Um, it's just kind of people who can get buckets and like make it look pretty. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of being a hooper. Like you look smooth. And yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, like LeBron gets all the buckets, but it's not like he's doing hezzy jimbos the mid range, right? Like that's that's Hooper stuff. Yeah, yeah. like Brun- Brunson's a Hooper without question. I feel like Michael Jordan's a Hooper and a dog. Yeah, which is probably why he's the goat. You know? Yeah, because you got to um, be both. You can't be you, you can't just be a Hooper in this league, but you can be yeah. a dog in this league. I feel like maybe I feel like maybe if you want to be on a winning team, that is. Yeah. There's plenty of like people who average 20 points on some shitty team. I'm like, all right, you're a Hooper. Great. Yeah, congrats. congrats. Yeah. But anyway, I love Josh Hart. I'm, I was really happy when they traded for him. He was one of the rare people who was like a Nick killer who I didn't also think like sucked. You know, like usually like you're like, ah, yeah, he's great against the Knicks, but he's trash. But like Hart would come in and whatever, hit like four threes. And, Dude, like, he grabbed like 18 yeah, rebounds against, <laughs> against us. Yeah, year. like he, he would always shit all over the Knicks, but I'd be, I'd be like begrudgingly like, yeah, he's he's good. He's a winning player. Like he, he might have been like a little hotter than he usually is in a given game against the Knicks, but like he's just he is one of those guys who cliche town makes winning plays, and I think you've you've seen that. He, he's just like he seems like a smart guy. Hi, B ball IQ. I know that's like a maybe that's a problematic term or whatever, but he, he knows the game very well. <laughs> yes. Tibbs is already talking about him like Jimmy Butler. He literally compared <laughs> him to Jimmy Butler tonight in the postgame. Of course. He's like, when I was in Minnesota, we studied Hart a lot. And, man, just, like, watching his game at, like, Marquette, it just reminded me, uh, or Villanova, it reminded me a lot of Jimmy at Marquette. And I just see the similarities. They both have just, like, that force they play with. And he was going on and on about, like. Of course. He said his competitive spirit was special. And so yeah. that's, like, the Thibs compliment. Yep. He is. He is. Yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go there right now. That's a, that's for the paid version where uh, <laughs> where you get that content. All right, we have two questions from Knight of Cups, and it's not Knight as in like the night sky. It's a Knight as in that movie that Heath Ledger was in when he was a Knight. A Knight's Tale, the Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a Knight's Tale. I was talking about. But yes, he's also in the Dark Knight. <laughs> Is he in a Knight's Tale? I don't know. I don't know anything about movies or actors. Yes, he's the knight in a night. He's the knight in a night's day. Okay. So, a knight of cups asks if you could force Isaiah to take over another team and have him completely ruin them. Who would you have him take over? Well, we can answer that quickly. Didn't isn't Isaiah Thomas working for the Suns now? (laughs) 
No, he's not. He's officially not working for the Suns. There was like a press release by the new owner that was like, as of now, there is no role for Isaiah Thomas in our front office. Things could change. You never know. But as of now, there is. I want to make it clear. There is no role for Isaiah Thomas. But the obvious team, it would be amazing for Isaiah Thomas to take over. Well, there's two teams. The Nets would be awesome. Or the Mavericks. No, the Nets or the Mavericks. Come on, those are like those are the Mavericks are going to teams. The Mavericks already are going to implode themselves. They don't need Isaiah Thomas to ruin anything that they do. The Nets are always ruined. They never it, do anything right. It would the help. Suns though would drive Isaiah. Would he would come full circle? Help the Knicks by trading Devin Booker for RJ Barrett straight up. You do. You have to take into account though the Mavs' strategy of trying to get all of the worst people on one team. So they have we're, Jason listen, Kidd. Listen, they we're have Kyrie the Irving. Mavs. They we're have Mark get to the Cuban. Mavs. Stop ruining of future questions. What was that? You're ruining future questions if you've read the the, the questions beforehand. <laughs> Didn't do my prep work. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to <laughs> welcome to the Strickland Mailbag. <laughs> we don't do prep work. I've got a wild card team. I would like to see him ruin the Heat. Oh um, yes, that's beautiful. Just because, like, obviously, fuck the Heat. But then also, it would be good if that was, like, Pat Riley's last decision was, like, hiring Isaiah Thomas. And so you could, like, take down his reputation for being a great front office guy at the same time as ruining, like, one of my least favorite franchises ever. So I think that would be nice. Uh, That would be amazing. His, uh, or their second question is, how in God's name for three years straight this team is completely flummoxed by a zone defense? Is it, uh... Schematic, yeah. Is it schematic? Is it personnel? Or is it both? So I have a video for the Strickland that will be dropping soon on this exact topic. Um, oh, I actually uh, specifically what I was looking at was like um, the Sixers went to zone uh, for about like maybe eight straight plays in the second quarter to start the second quarter against the Knicks second unit. Um, that would have been three games ago. And then they went back to it in the last like six minutes of the game um, for about four plays. Um, and there was a lot of chatter after the game about like, man, the Knicks just don't know how to handle zone. Both from like, uh, I almost said domestic and national guys, uh, both from from like <laughs> Knicks fans and and like national beat reporters, not domestic. I don't know, whatever. It's a very like terrorist way to break <laughs> things down. <laughs> um, lots of people were like, "What the hell is going on with like this?" But um, so I, I looked at. I actually think schematically we were solid. Um, the Knicks targeted. Uh, all basically of the major weaknesses in the zone, which is like, so the back line obviously is a weakness. Uh, you have like three guys all facing forward, so you can like run behind them. Uh, and oftentimes like that you can lose track of guys. Uh, the very first play quickly noticed it was um, that the Sixers went to zone and he quickly called a play that specifically exploited that fact. And it got Obi a wide open three. Um, he missed but it was a wide open corner three, and like you can't complain about that offense. It was awesome. Um, they targeted the high post. They got Julius like a wide open jumper in the high post, which that's a classic right weakness of a zone. And then they repeatedly targeted the point at the top of the um, the top of the key where the two defenders have to pa- the two top of the key defenders in a two three zone have to pass off a defender. 
So like if you're a ball, or excuse me, a ball handler. So if you're a ball handler, right, and you're coming from like the left side of the court to the right side of the court, at some point you pass over from one zone to another. And so the two defenders have to come really close together. So essentially you get a free double team, right? So if you set up your team in the right way, you can exploit that free double team extremely easily. And this is one of the reasons why zone defenses can't like last for long periods of time from any team. And like no NBA team can just run a zone defense. You'd get tearn, torn apart. But like as a mix-up, you can sometimes get away with it. Um, but the Knicks uh, capitalized on that and were running schematic stuff, like stuff specifically designed to target that. And they did it really well. Um, they often got good shots. When they didn't, it was more like players failing to execute or like good defensive plays. Like RJ got stripped on one play. Um, Obi took kind of a bad shot one play. There were a couple of just like misses. But all in all, like, I mean, I think the Knicks, I, I was surprised because going into it, I was like, yeah, we've been struggling against the zone. But like schematically, it looked pretty solid, which was, to, again, a, a big surprise to me. I'm not buying it. <laughs> not buying it. There's no way. It's been going on for three years. There has to be something. There has to be something larger <laughs> at play here. So I do have a hypothesis. I have a hypothesis. Okay. So the hypothesis is something like this. Uh, it's not that the schematic stuff is bad. It's that we've ingrained habits that are bad for executing zone offense against even when you have a good scheme. So. How do you beat a zone uh, a zone defense with with your offense? You have to exploit those areas that we were just talking about, but you also have to to exploit those areas. You have to not try to score yourself basically as a ball handler. You have to instead like go to those places where you're going to draw the double, the free double, and swing the ball really fast. And then guys have to make quick decisions, attack the gaps that are created, and then move the ball as the zone starts moving around the court, right? But if you think about like classic Tibbs offense, it's specifically designed to not do those things. Like when you're playing straight up like drop defense or, or any kind of defense, we see same the same sort of troubles against like the, the Miami Heat blitz defense a lot of the times, right? Um, and that's also the sort of defense where you have to move the ball quickly, not try to score as the ball handler, uh, and you have to have guys cutting against it, right? Um, so those sorts of weaknesses main like – uh, stay constant regardless of uh, of these different alternative defenses. And I think that's the explanation for why we struggle is that like guys are just not very good, quick decision makers. And it's inculcated in them, those bad habits of like not cutting, of not making quick decisions. And like Brunson, for example, that dude is just going to try to score coming off a pick and roll, even if he has the double on him, right? Like he's not going to find the open man. And, you know, he still gets pretty decent shots off because he's like this insane shot maker. Um, but he also misses guys that are wide open. He sometimes misses great shots to take a good shot, you know. But you said schematically it, it, they're not poor. So are you saying that they're just not they're not crisp with it? Like they know the right thing to do, yeah. but they're just not doing good fast enough? Is that yeah. like what you would say? Okay. Yeah. Great, great summary for what I said for like 10 you know minutes. What? You brought me back. You brought me back in. I'm back with you, I'm back with you now. I'm yeah. trying to add a little bit of value if, if I can. <laughs> I started off cold. When you haven't been podcasting, you think you can just waltz back in and be like charming and sophisticated and quick with it. And then you're like, oh, no, no I'm a bubbling idiot. Yeah. No, that's all it is. That's all. It takes work. It's also it's what most of us sound like, though. 
No, you guys are good. I haven't been in the gym though, and it shows. But hopefully by the end, <laughs> the podcast, I'll be warm a little bit. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> oh, you know what? Well, we have a perfect question for you, uh, James. This is from Clean Sweep. What did you think of the big game? Uh, I'm going to assume that is the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, is that a good Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it was a good one. I was at someone's house where it was on, like watching my, my baby the whole time because I'm a fantastic parent. So I miss most of it. <laughs> Dallas, did you watch the big game? Um, I, I did not. I was celebrating uh, Dallantines. Um, so it's a the Super Bowl Sunday is an amazing day, first of all, to celebrate like a romantic day because everybody's watching the game. So like fancy restaurants are like empty and like, you just get like waited on hand and foot. Um, oftentimes by people who are upset that they're not doing the thing that literally their entire society is doing. Um, but nonetheless, uh, hmm, you know, you're like, you're the, you're the special person at the, at the place. So, um, no, I was celebrating Valentine's day. So, um, I, uh, did not, did not watch the game, but shout out clean sweep. That's an amazing uh, name given given the demise of the Nets. That's a great that's a great name. Yeah, I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I didn't even know who was in it until I found out the Chiefs won, and I was like, oh, okay. And I only knew the Philadelphia was in it because apparently the uh, the police or whatever were greasing up the poles because those, <laughs> those filthy Eagles fans are just turning over cars and eating horse shit. Yeah, they're and- disgusting people. I swear. Wild over there. It's Some of the wild. worst this planet's ever produced. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, um, yeah. so if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, um, yeah, this isn't for you. Even their food, like a Philly cheesesteak, is just like a nasty item. Why do you, 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 you think it tastes good? Philly cheesesteak? You know you think it, it does taste good. good. It does taste good. It, you have to like look at it and be like, like, this is just like a gross person came up with this like greasy nasty looking ugly cheese it's not aesthetically pleasing just looks like slop and like brown onions like all over nasty oily meat i will say the thing that actually pisses me off about cheesesteaks which i didn't realize until recently (laughs) is that they use uh fucking ribeye i'm like why would you they do they use ribeye why would you cook it to shit like you know like use some cheap cut if you're gonna like slice it thin and then cook it till it's brown as hell uh, so that that was upsetting to me. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be it's good stuff. It tastes think, good though. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think they taste beautiful. I think they look beautiful, and it's the best thing about do, their city. I'll do anything <laughs> for a cheesesteak, man. Those things are those things are good. Yeah, I could out. go for one now. Another time, I know. I could, I could eat a cheesesteak right now. <laughs> oh man, they're better than chopped cheese. I'm sorry, that's like my most like. <sighs> offensive like new yorker type of statement but oh man we're gonna we're gonna have all the commenters that's all right Give i want that smoke reviews. what's the uh what's the uh handle on twitter james uh for people to look you up and <laughs> at the the yeah. irishman he he at, <laughs> at basketball robot yeah. <laughs> just send all your hate there oh man all right so our next question comes from mikey cook seven Mikey asks, what do you think are Tibbs' eating habits? Mikey, <laughs> great question. Philly cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks. <laughs> easy and cheesesteaks. 
He's eating Sabaro's pizza. He's gas <laughs> station. Like he just eats like a college freshman. Yeah, gas yeah. station popcorn. Gas station. Like he is just just eating the nastiest of nasty things. He's definitely a. Uh, he definitely likes Andy Camp's hot fries. Yeah, no, the college, the college freshman thing, that's right on. Like, he definitely is somebody who, like, goes to the cafeteria once each day, and, like, he couldn't splurge for the full meal plan, so he just, like, stuffs it all in one to-go box so he can eat it while he's watching film, and he doesn't have to go back to the restaurant or the grocery store. Or the cafe. Just one go, get as much in there as you can. And the other thing is, like, when you're a college freshman, like, you know, if you, if you are just on the meal plan or whatever and you want to eat healthy, like – the broccoli's been steaming for like four days, and it's like like nothing like nothing that's good for you is not disgustingly awful. So if you want to eat something that actually tastes good, you're like, all right, they can only fuck up the chicken fingers so much, and you wind up eating like chicken fingers three times a day because once again the broccoli is like melting because it's been cooking for. Tibbs loves chicken fingers. Loves chicken fingers. He... Mozzarella sticks. <laughs> he he's hitting up that uh, the soft serve thing. He's like, holy shit, we got soft serve in the cafeteria. Eating it with every meal. Um, he he's disgusting, man. He's definitely eating the jelly donuts from Dunkin' Donuts when someone brings in like the twelve pack of donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. He's eating jelly ones. Like, like, and yet his face is like pretty angular. I feel like he's got like a good thing going. It all, on. It all goes to his uh, his gut. It's all his gut. As someone like I'm not that fat, but I've got like the biggest fattest baby face like of all time. So I'm kind of jealous every time I see someone who's got some sort of who has bones in their face. I would like some of those. Yeah, that would be nice. I also like uh, kids with his uh, skinny jeans too. Gotta love it. <laughs> he's definitely like. It's funny because he's never got married, but he is kind of dressing like he he he, he's, he looks like he recently got divorced. He's like, I'm growing my yes. beard. I'm wearing my skinny jeans. I'm you putting know, my hands you know, awkwardly on the table during the press conference. You know, he uh, is like shopping fast fashion too. Like those come from H and M or like. Oh yeah. Or, like he like checked out like. He checked. He like Googled like what should a what should a man wear like to look kind of like. <laughs> what like, should a man wear? <laughs> he goes to H and M and like tries to pick up what he could find that kind of looks like that. Can you just imagine like Tibbs at like Uniqlo shopping with like the other H and M is the goat for when you travel for a wedding but forgot. Uh, your suit by accident. You're like, oh shit! I need a sport coat. And it's like, all right, this is, yeah, this is fifty bucks. <laughs> I'll take this. Oh man! All right, that was a great question, Mikey. Yeah, shouts to you, Mikey. One yeah. of my favorite people in the Discord. It's chicken fingers, mozzarella. I'm gonna fingers. rank people in the Discord as we go. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin Chubb asks, "I no longer move during the last two minutes of Knicks games." What do you find yourself doing during them? And have you developed a taste for them? Are the players getting better at handling them, or have we just gotten lucky lately? So, guys, what are you doing during the last two minutes of a Knicks game? Are you paralyzed by anxiety like Franklin is, or are you just having you know having the time of your lives and be like, nah, I got it. it's all good? You want me to go first? Uh Oh, that was, that I, was... I, I, yeah. We, we're looking at each other on video. No, it's just no. It's just like Dallas. Instead of Dallas, like doing a cue, he's like, you know, obviously this audio, and he's just like 
<laughs> and I'm just waving my hands. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I wonder how old Franklin Chubb is. I don't know. When you get like washed like me, you're like, I'm just glad I'm not dead. Like you stop kind of caring <laughs> about it. I want the Knicks to win, but like, I mean, it, like you know, growing up and watching '90s Knicks, every end of the game was like completely brutal and like. So I, well, I don't know. Once they're really competing for something, I expect those juices to come back. And yeah, I get like excited. It's not like I sit there and like don't make a noise or something. Uh, it's like I'm having sex, you know, which is <laughs> when I usually don't make any noise. But like, it's just it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You're just like whatever. Oh, they lost. Okay, you know. Like, I hope I don't lose my job and my child starves to death. You start having real problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'll, no, you'll no, get there, Franklin no. Chubb. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Right. No, I don't. Dallas, what do you I'm do? 40. I like to remind people. Of that. I mean, I I don't have kids. I don't have anyone I have to give unleavened bread and whiskey every night. Um, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, yeah, I don't. Teething I don't, crackers. Teething crackers. <laughs> um, I don't feel the. I'm just. Is that how you say it's It's cheese and crackers. Teething cheese. That's uh, if you guys didn't, no, no, never mind. I was gonna say, <laughs> you guys all, didn't know that's all, what, uh, all inside jokes for it. Nobody understands. Um, I don't know. I don't. You know, every team goes through this, right? Like, I, I, um, I sort of actually have come to appreciate losing in a certain sort of way. Um, I grew up as oh, a Buff- interesting as a, Buff- a loser? <laughs> as a Buffalo Bills fan, a New York Knicks fan, and a New York Mets fan. So it was just like losses across the board as a kid, just like constantly losing. And there is something beautiful about it. And like you're forced to come to grips with like, I don't know, the shittiness of life. And like it's a kind of a beautiful existentialist like, you know, you're 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 this is this is how it all ends for us all. We all every story ends in a loss, you know, uh, ultimately. <laughs> and so you like learn to come to grips with it when you're young and find the beauty in it, anyways. And so like you know whatever you you win some you lose some. That's kind of how I see it. <laughs> I mean, I see it more as like I'm just I'm winning life. You know, 27 rings and that's it. I don't know what it's like to be a loser Mets fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is that the Shanghai Sharks? Twenty-seven rings? Is that? Yeah, it's the Shanghai Sharks. Twenty-seven rings. Your your uh, your intramural volleyball team. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Terrible, especially when I turn into uh, uh, Julius Randle when I'm on the court for the when the poor player who has to officiate is like, I'm like, that's not a double. Learn the goddamn rules. And this person's like, I just worked a double shift and I just want to play some volleyball. And I'm like, you don't know the rules, you fucking idiots. Yeah, that's me. That's me. And that's why. And you got, then I then I'm like, why do I lose volleyball games? Your your uh, volleyball comp is 2021 Julius Randall. Oh, without question. <laughs> do you smile while you play volleyball? I do until someone makes a bad call. <laughs> And then I start freaking out. Then your thumbs down comes out. Yeah, pretty much. But otherwise, I'm just cheering for everything. And I'm always like, nice job, good job, good effort. Like I'm not falling on the floor, but I'm still trying. You know, stuff like that. I can't. So for those of you who are wondering, yes, there is a bird. It's <laughs> it's in Dallas's apartment. And it's landed on his head like 17 <laughs> times already during the recording of this podcast. It is so distracting. I don't know how Drew does it. 
Drew's a, a, a prince of a man for so many reasons. But <laughs> him putting up with this is top I have, and I have what they call a podcast host professional. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> the bird the bird is also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but blocked the camera like five times. Oh, really? We, we couldn't even notice? <laughs> yeah, it's staring into my soul. It's, it's just like looks right in the, in the camera. <laughs> See it. The bird's like, you know you kind of forced your daughter to bed tonight, right? Like, she wasn't <laughs> quite ready, but you wanted to podcast? You know that, right? I'm like, yes, I know, bird. Sorry. All right, guys, we have a good amount of questions coming up from uh, Jax365, rest in peace, Brother Sfee. He provided a bunch of questions for us, so we're going to get into this. Especially, there's one of them I am not. He's one of the excited. British ones, right, Jax? Yeah, well, yeah we're going we're gonna to get the Jax. Can you read his questions in a British accent? I can't do a British accent. Can you <laughs> add add the use to every time? Like if you say color, add a use. We're going to get there. We're going to get there to this. So uh, Jax's first question is, how much on a scale of 1 to 10 does Doug hate RJ? Dallas, how much do I hate uh, RJ? Uh, I feel like a, like maybe a healthy 6. Okay, James. How much do you hate RJ? Yeah, me, specifically. I feel like I've seen you talking a lot of shit, but I haven't I have keeping track of it. I'm not I like a receipts been. guy. I'm going to say eight. Yeah, I'm close to like an eight right now. I'm ready to trade him for Mikhail Bridges for the vibes. Like, mm-hmm. I, want, I want Nova, right? I want Mikhail. We got to bring Archie back. We got to get uh, Amari Spellman back. We got to get White Dante. Um, who else is on those teams? <laughs> like, I don't know. Just bring them all back. Well, we just traded their linchpin, uh, Ryan Archidiakno. I know. That was disgusting case of anti Italian discrimination. It's, um, it was disgusting. When I found out. Yet another disgusting case of anti Italian discrimination. No, it was, you know, everyone was all excited about, like, oh, we got Josh Hart. We got Josh Hart. We lost Ryan, guys. Yeah. We lost him. Yeah. And no one's acknowledged that enough. So. I just R-I-P. if the Knicks get rid of RJ, he's gonna pop in like three years. That's oh, like yeah, my thing. And I'm not the kind of guy who says that shit. Like I'm not like Doomer Knicks fan, but I don't know. He's just one of those guys where I'm like, if we already signed into the extension, we're like our team is like a, a thibs firing away from like really taking off. Like let's just like chill with him and like see what happens. Like I I, I don't see the rush. Like that's kind of no, my. You got it. I, I see like, the things that annoy people. Like I get it, you know. But like the 22 yeah. of it all, and yeah, I know that like. Just because you're 22 doesn't mean you're going to be good. But, like, I don't know. There's enough there where I'm just like, let's just chill. Let's see what happens. Uh, maybe this Josh Hart thing and him, like, sitting in the fourth while the Knicks blow other teams out. Uh, we'll light a fire under him. You know, I don't know. But, like, I, I, still, I don't think there's a rush. No. That, that's, there's no rush. That's, that's how he, I feel. No, you're right. He's definitely the guy who goes to another team. Like figures it out. It's like, oh, I could actually make these layups a lot easier. Oh, I could pass the ball when I drive, and then he becomes efficient. You're like, oh shit, why did we, why did we give up on RJ? Like it's, it's very and like easy the defense thing is perplexing. But like I'm, I know I've seen him play defense in my life. Like it's not like he can't, and especially in a you know post Julius second All Star uh, world. I'm like, all right, man, you know, I don't know what's going on with these guys' heads. Sometimes maybe he'll come back and like put it all together, and and once again he's young. Like so, like I've seen him do the things that he sucks at. I, I guess like he's never really been efficient offensively, but I, I, yeah, I, I have a I weird I, feeling that I, I just believe his stretches, like his it, moments, are like 
No, this is real. <laughs> he can hit that consistently. He hasn't been, so I get why you're like. Get That's what it is. Here. It's not like he's never been efficient for a stretch. Like his overall numbers, when you look at them, they're, they're not good <laughs> efficiency wise. But he'll have a month. He'll have a half. He'll have a whatever. Where you're like, oh, this is like what I want him to be. Yeah, so. So I'm. I'm really not worried about RJ. You got to keep him. His absolute biggest weakness too is like decision making on offense and like just shooting anytime he has the ball. Um, but like as I was talking about earlier, like why I think like sometimes our zone offense sucks is because our traditional offense is like if you have the ball, you shoot. Like you find a way to shoot. You know, mm-hmm. like Tibbs is not prioritizing. Like we saw this happen um, with uh, esteemed passer Alfred Payton. Right when he came to the Knicks, great passer, great passer. But no, like he went from averaging like like he would like like be triple double watch Alfred Payton weirdly, um, and like eight nine assists, you know. Oftentimes, I don't know what he averaged the years before he came here, but he was he was like thought of as like a pass first kind of guard who was like an inefficient scorer, and so he mostly passed. And then Tibbs got him, and he's like, nope, you are shooting every time you have the ball. Like his assist rate, absolutely plummeted under Tibbs. And what, this is just like a common Tibbs thing, like the way Tibbs wants the offense run. Um, and like, you know, there's actually, an, there's a, there are questions to be asked about like how reasonable it is given like right now our offense is like something like seventh in the NBA in terms of points per possession. And a lot of the reason why is because of offensive rebounding. And part of why we're so good at offensive rebounding is because um, – he puts guys in the best place to rebound and doesn't have the move. So the offense is kind of stagnant. And then you have guys jacking up shots, especially if they get close to the paint, which are ones that are going to be more predictable. And so you have guys where they're supposed to be and they're not moving and they're ready for the, the rebound. And yeah, right. Like this is, this is part of why he does what he does. But I think some of RJ's worst tendencies are being brought out because of that style of coaching um, where he's taking shots that he just should not be taking. Um, when he has wide open guys around him, because he's getting to the rim still, like he's not having problems there. Yeah. His biggest problem is just he has literally no touch, like absolutely the worst touch <laughs> of any like top three draft pick, maybe of all time. Like just like it's absurdly bad how little touch he has. Um, yeah. All right, we're gonna get into the question that I'm not happy about. <laughs> and I'll explain and I'll explain why after I read it. So Jax asks, so do you think the UFOs over the past few days were aliens or time travelers? So, just for some context. <laughs> travelers is spelled with two L's and it has a little red squiggly line in, in Google Docs, like, oh, it's spelled wrong. Like he added an extra L. When you click on the squiggly line, it doesn't say it's spelled incorrectly. It says this is a different spelling. And it's actually the British version. <laughs> Of spelling travelers, mm. which is what two L's. And I have to say, Jax, you spelled it wrong. Stop with your British spelling. This is this is insane. Color doesn't have a U. Traveler doesn't have two L's. No, I don't care. This is ridiculous. But uh, no, what are these? What are these UFOs? We need to get into actually. We need to get talk about the UFOs. Like seriously, they're everywhere right now. What's going on? J- I don't think James has any views about this. I don't think. I've never thought about aliens once in my life. Because <laughs> I know they're real. Do you believe in ancient aliens, though? <laughs> yeah, obviously. They've been around forever. Come on. Come on. In order for aliens to get here, they need to use, like, quantum shit. And as we all know, when you get uh, on a quantum level, time uh, 
means something different. Goes forwards and backwards and all around. Uh, no. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Dallas. This, this has been uh, James Science Corner. <laughs> yeah, quantum physics and time is... Circle. Look up quantum entanglement and then get back to me, Dallas. So do you think that... Well, if, well aliens would actually have to be time travelers, right? The idea because you have to fold space... Well, it'd have to go faster than the speed of light, which would violate Newtonian physics, classic Newtonian physics. What's funny, though, is all the stuff that's that's about folding space. No, all the stuff that's popping up on the radar is, like, extraordinarily slow stuff. Like, the the reason why they have... Are you going to explain it? The Chinese spy balloon? It's not a UFO. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been primarily, like... They've been primarily, like, tracking... Like, they've just ruled out, like... Things moving too slow is like things worth taking seriously, and then like there's been like some some changes in what they're looking at since the spy balloon, and now it's like oh my god, there's all these objects we didn't know about. Turns out you weren't picking up on them because they were just were moving extraordinarily slow. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they pick up on it if it was moving slow? Wouldn't it be easier to detect? Well, no. So like if you have if you're not like having a human, like no human is like sitting there watching these things. You have like you know. This is just like work done by computers, right? So like it's picking up on a set of things and alert. It. Oh, here are like all of the things that met the thresholds that are set, right? Um, so if you're like, well, we don't have to be worried about like balloons <laughs> because like kids' birthday parties happen and yada yada yada, right? Like we don't want to be like wasting our time checking on every single balloon. You might have your threshold such that like things moving under like two miles an hour aren't things that you check on or something like that or don't show up on your. On your on your reports, wouldn't the aliens know that then? No, okay. Oh no, it's a false flag, Jax. I think there's something going on here. <laughs> it's a false flag. <laughs> when in doubt, uh, false flag. How this has been you- uh, Alex Jones' corner? <laughs> <laughs> what you never heard of nine eleven, Dallas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How worried are you guys if the Knicks don't move into the top six seeds? Because I don't trust Tibbs in a do or die game in the play in. Do you trust him in a like a seven game series? Like a seven game series. Yeah, right. Like, there's, there's just no it, with Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau right now, until proven otherwise, there's no trusting them in the playoffs. That's that's my view of it. That's like I think Julius will probably be a little bit better. With Brunson here, like I'm a little bit more hopeful than I would have been without Brunson here, and he had done a year, had a year like this, because um, he's not having to bring the ball up every time, and like it's just a little bit different his role in the offense and his focus, uh, the focus that other defenses have on him is going to be a little different as a result of that. I think, nonetheless, I think like just because of track record, until proven otherwise, in any kind of important game, play in playoffs. End of the fourth quarter, whatever. Julius Randle and Tibbs cannot be, can't be trusted. Not until they prove it. They have to prove it to me before I give them the benefit of the doubt. So right now, I'm in like, uh, you know, I'm kind of hopeful about the team. I think there are worlds where they can like have an upset and maybe even win a series. Maybe even win if they get the right draws. It could happen. This team has enough dog in them, right? That that you could gut out a second series if like you have a bad shooting series from like, like say you draw the Celtics and like they go into one of these jump shooting slumps where they just only jump shoot and they can't get to the rim. Cause 
even though Tatum's gotten a little better at that, that's just not their thing. And they just shoot all the time and they go on one of these cold stretches. Like the Knicks, it could happen. It could happen, right? But until Tibbs and Julius prove otherwise, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going into the playoffs. That's a very anti-American of you, right? Because we're innocent until proven guilty in this country. And you're saying that they're guilty until proven innocent. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many things yet to unfold. Can the Knicks get home court advantage? Who knows? Maybe. Well, I'm looking to get into the action. I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 of free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. No, they've already proven their guilt in the last previous playoffs. He's, he's more like a parole officer, I think is what's yeah. happening. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Julius has to prove he's reformed before <laughs> Dallas right. lets him out. Yeah. That's right. Yep. He they're currently <laughs> Tibbs has an ankle bracelet on right now. <laughs> I think Tibbs yeah. would actually Tips would probably love house arrest. I feel like the Knicks are in a great spot as far as that goes because it's like they will either win in the playoffs and like, great, we all like the Knicks, or they'll flame out and like maybe Fibs is gone, which I think a lot of us it's think a win-win. We're playing with that. We're playing with would house be a good thing down. for them maximizing the talent on the roster. So I, I yeah, I, and especially like it, it's it's hard to worry. I think this might be a younger generation thing too. When you didn't see like the Knicks go to like the finals, um, if you know they're not going to win a championship, for me it's like, eh, you know, well, I'm curious to see how far they'll go. But I don't sweat it as much, even though she, yes, in the moment I'll be like drinking and cursing and yelling and stuff if they're in the playoffs. Like that's what you that's what you gear it up for, you know. But it's like I just I know they're not going to like go all the way. There's no part of me that thinks it's even possible. Uh, so yeah, if they lose, it's like, uh, you know, there'll be something, maybe that's one step closer to moving on from. I'm already imagining the Knicks 30 for 30 in 10 years that comes out about this team that has their Cinderella run to the finals. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, so as a, as a, as an old head, uh, a self-proclaimed old head, James, who saw the finals, um, that was like, that's my, my, my original Knicks memory, like. Probably the memory I have 99 of... 99 or 94? 99, 99. Yeah. From when I was like... I So I was like uh, uh, 8, 9, something like that in 99. Um, my, That's a nice memory to have. My first, me- like my first memory of the Knicks, and really my youngest, my first memory, is like sitting on... We were like, you know, like in those Southwest uh, motels, like that have like a color like color TV signs as their big mm-hmm. advertisement like sitting on the edge of one of those nasty gross like had sex on way too many times but never been washed beds 
with my dad on this tiny little like TV, like glued to it, just devastated by the Twin Towers. Just like David Robinson and Tim Duncan dominating us. No, no Patrick Ewing. And I was just distraught. Um, so my, my question for you, James, is like Knicks <laughs> fans yeah. often, like I was like, I love Prez. Prez is amazing. But today, this is this is like a common thing, and this is an example of it. Knicks fans today don't have hate for the Spurs in their heart. Mm. Um, so, like, he was like, oh, teams that I'd be okay with Wemby going to. And, like, his number one team was, like, the Spurs. And he's like, good vibes. Like, who cares? Like, Spurs, let them yeah, get Yeah, that's some- bullshit. For me, I still – you were talking about the heat hate. And I still have heat hate, and I have Pacers hate. It runs deep. But my Spurs hate – there's a special place in my heart for them, even though that was like a crazy run and we weren't expecting yeah, yeah. or whatever, but they, they tore my heart out and that's like my first Knicks memory. So like, I can't wish good on the Spurs. And then they went and like rubbed it in my face as for years, years they were good, you know, just as we were miserable. Every year I'd have to watch them play the Cavs. And my dad, who's also a Knicks fan, hated LeBron and loved, like he thought Duncan was great, you know. And like all Ginobili and all this. So he would like cheer for the Spurs and it just would grind my gears growing up. I love to hear that. No, because I still feel that way about the Bulls, you know, even um, though like we haven't had like a real rivalry with them in 20 plus years. Um, the, the Because I lived through the Bulls, the Spurs are like less so because it was just yeah. like that one series versus like being tortured every single year. But and because the Knicks have been so bad for so long, like there hasn't been like that, like building of animosity. But when it comes to the draft, I remember very well, it was infuriating that they were, they were like the first people to kind of like intentionally tank. Like Robinson got hurt and they're like, you know what? Let's just like be complete yes. dog shit. The one year they were bad, they get fucking Tim Duncan. And yep. like, meanwhile, the Knicks can be bad a hundred years in a row and never pick higher than eighth. So like for draft shit, like my hate really starts coming back out for them. And that is offensive that Prez put them at the top of the good vibes list actually uh man yeah i wish you hadn't brought that up because now i gotta knock press down in my own just like personal <laughs> a couple points couple points another, another question kind of really <laughs> a little different like i was thinking about this the other day like in the discord that we're adding questions now to the mailbag no right <laughs> <laughs> what time is it on the East Coast? <laughs> it's, only, it's, only, it's only tomorrow. For, you know. <laughs> it's all good. Let's keep any questions. No, no, no. Okay, so in the Discord, like, people were posting stuff, and, like, I'm starting to realize, like, the Strickland, we're kind of, we're not, like, the old, old heads, but we're kind of starting to come into that, like, we're not the young kids anymore, right? Like, there's a two generations basically below most of like us at the Strickland. Um, but like of like Knicks fans. Right. And there's like, there's like the TikTok Knicks fans now. Right. <laughs> Which like us, us Twitter guys are like, what is, you know, we don't even haven't figured out how to download that yet. Um, uh, but J- James, like, do you have reflections on like what that's like now becoming the old head? Like I remember so many times it's like, I, the, there's like the, the, like the old, old head, like Twitter thread, the Knicks Twitter yeah, thread yeah. that's like thirty that like uh like do you have reflections on like becoming like the like we're now like probably looked at by some people as like we are those old heads in a certain oh, 100%. sort of percent. I mean yeah, one hundred percent. Not not like really, because I haven't spent too much time thinking about it. The thing that always reminds me of that though is when people talk about Mello. Cause like that was their one team that they saw be good. 
and they're like best player. And I'm like, he sucks. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? Like, Melo is such a loser. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, he's better at basketball probably than I'll be at anything ever. But like, you know, it's it, like having seen an actual, like many teams for many years that were real contenders, that, like that just like always, like that's what makes me, that made me feel older than anything. Cause I'm like, I, I, it was like hard for me to put myself in there in their like brain space of like loving this guy I'm like how but like if i actually try to have an empathetic viewpoint to where they're coming from i'm like okay i guess yes i'm old and i've seen different things than you. it was like you and saw I'll, I'll like try to start i'll try to stop yucking your yum but it is hard for me because i'm like that's like, not that's not a franchise up, player if you grew up and it was like carmelo and aaron aflalo and those were like <laughs> you're like options you're like well carmelo i love carmelo right like <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Maurice Endor or whatever. And, and like you love basketball and you want to be happy. I'm always like, it's like, I hate the people who are like bitter and angry all the time. And so it's like, I should take a step back sometimes and just let the youth enjoy their mellow. But they need to know that it gets a lot better. That's the only thing. Sometimes they talk about it like he's like as good as you could possibly be and nothing he did contributed to them like not going to the finals. It's like, well, yeah. you can love the guy, love the guy, but like properly place him in the context of like all-time greats. Well, I mean, there's already, uh, this is insane to say, but there's already a conversation to be had about whether Julius Randle, if he retired after this year, would be a better Nick than Melo. Like, I think that's like a legitimate, a legitimate question to be, to be asked. But I'll also ask you this, James, which is very important. Have you yet tried, have you ordered, special ordered any of Melo's wine? Do you have any tasting notes? No, is this supposed to be good? I don't know. I was asking you. Uh, okay. I, don't know. I know there's like a number of NBA players who work with some dude who's supposed to know what he's talking about. And like they put out wine that's decent. I think Dwayne Wade actually puts out wine that's supposed to be pretty good. Huh. CJ McCollum, I think, is a big wine head. Yeah, yes. he's into it too. Yeah. yeah. There was a really cool article a while back. I'm trying to remember <laughs> who wrote it. Um, oh, maybe it's... Uh, oh, I forget her name. Um, it's the person who does like the Halloween special every year about like the Knicks or not the Knicks, the NBA Halloween thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, it's an awesome article every year. That's on like like, Halloween. Like a, anyways, it's like a bizarro NBA world. And she like writes this like crazy article about like all the NBA players having like some like horror story, but like kind of works out in the end, but it's really funny. And like, they're like, anyways, um, but she also did a really cool. That was a great plug. The wine on their wine stuff, but I can't remember her name now. Great job, Dallas. Thank you. That was really that was really impressive. Thank you. You, you know the uh, the woman who wrote the Halloween thing. I'll figure it out. <laughs> next right, question. So next question. Wait, before anything, Dallas, do you have any more questions for James? <laughs> <laughs> He's making yeah. me feel special and loved. I'll say that much. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so James. No, no, you don't. We're when you're, to the next when you're James, when you're choosing unleavened is, bread for your, this is going to sound like child. bad audio. But like I'm trying to talk over Dallas, and he's not letting me. Now I finally got there. All right, the next two questions from Jax. We're still with Jax. Um, are apparently inside. Oh jokes my god. Jax. With this, or not inside jokes, but stories I'm clearly not aware of. Is how's the coffee machine your partner won, Dallas, and then. Have I found James's side gig on IG, and it's some guy called Sydney Roz? So, yes, um, so, I don't know what any of that's about. The story is, and all of our listeners are going to be very keen to hear about this. My, oh, um, yes, of course, 
my partner frequents a particular coffee shop and she won like a thousand bucks worth of coffee gear and coffee. Um, and it's pretty sick shit. So like we got, it's called like a ratio six brewer, um, and a ode grinder. And it's like top pretty, like these are like 300 bucks new kind of grinder kind of thing. Um, sick bird grinder really does good shit. We got a year's worth of coffee. Um, yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, it is a little bit, I have an, an automatic espresso machine that I also got for free. Um, which is pretty sick. I know I have a ton of expensive coffee equipment all for free. It's crazy. But, uh, the espresso machine, it's like really easy. I just like push a button in the morning and I have like amazing, like an amazing piece, like drink of coffee. I almost said piece of coffee. Amazing piece of heaven. Drink of coffee is weird too. Are you just talking about an espresso machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so then in... Uh, but this takes a little more work. Like I have to grind my beans and oh, then yes, I have to like course. prepare my filter and mm-hmm. then like to wait for it to bloom and then it drips and you know, like it's a little more time intensive. Um, so I think it's probably going to be like my weekend. Uh, What's the temperature of the water that you're using? Oh, it's a, so it's the ratio six is a brewer. So it, it does that itself. It's like a drip brewer. It basically does like a pour over kind of thing itself, but it's a, okay, but you don't know what the temperature is. I don't, I don't know. I just got it. Interesting. Yeah. No. <laughs> I thought you would know. No, I don't, I don't know. But it's, really, it makes great really upsetting. It's really good. Do you have to weigh the beans after you grind them or whatever? Is it that I, mean, I don't have to, but. Do you? No, do I, you? I like, but I do measure. I do measure. But I use a measurement other than weight. What's the other measurement? Volume. You use volume. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I know. I know. Coffee noob over here. <laughs> this guy. We've been talking about volume. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, about thirty-five milliliters. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I use oh. tablespoons. You know, like a normal person. Well, which tablespoon? Is it the coffee tablespoon or a normal baking tablespoon? Coffee tablespoon. Okay. Is it one of those ones that's like kind of pointy? It's like a triangle? Mm, it's a little it's also, it's also less because you do for the ratios like a tablespoon is a different type of amount of ounces compared to like cups and things like that. Yeah, there's – guys, this is coffee talk. <laughs> On Ratio. Strength and Millbag. So the same one who Sidney Brazes, I don't understand this. So he does life hacks – Tips and tricks and more things I didn't know until my thirties. I didn't get that reference at all. Is it because he has long hair and he's white or something? Is that some racist? There we shit? go. This... <laughs> I was offended. Right, I, I'll say that much. Wait, but we finally got to the last question from uh from Jax. It's been it's been a it's been an adventure. Uh, I love the cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow Rainbow by. Israel Kamakawioli. Yeah, I definitely got that one right. Um, which cover do you like? Guys, do you have a sp- special cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Uh, the Professor chimed in. Uh, and our homie, The Professor, was like, Tori Amos does a great cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. The Professor loves any opportunity for Matt to make a Tori Amos reference or to like suggest Tori Amos to somebody. He's on that shit. He like I remember like four years ago I maybe I don't know whatever it was that uh, I guess it was more than that God we're old 
when I joined like posting and toasting, one of the, our first conversations, he like sent me a DM and it was all about Tori Amos. And like, he's like, you got to check out her stuff. It's like really good. He really loves her. But anyways, um, she is pretty solid, but. I have no idea who that is. Tori Amos? Mm-hmm. Never heard of her? No. I don't think I could name a single song, but she's just like <laughs> a very famous musician. I mean, you know, like she's been around. Anyway. That cover is like the most saccharine. Um, Jax is just going down in my esteem. This is still, this is still, he's he's way below Mikey Cooks right now. That's for sure. <laughs> At the top of my power rankings, uh, not an over the rainbow cover, but I just heard for the first time uh, Nina Simone covered the great Nina Simone covered the great Leonard Cohen's uh, smash hit Suzanne. And that was really good. So, I like um, I like Denzel Curry's cover of "Bulls on Parade." That sounds terrible. Just the idea That's actually of it. pretty good. So, you should check that out. Dallas is like, who are these people? Yeah, I don't tell me who that is. Yeah, we're just gonna move to the uh, the next question. Wait, this wait, wait! Bro. You're not gonna ask me about my favorite cover. Hold you on, I don't have one, Hold and on. I don't care. No, no, no. So there's. Okay, this isn't. This is just a funny story about covers, or not a funny story, but like. Mm-hmm. Backtrack. You know the song <laughs> "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedus, famous song. There are an amazing number of just ridiculous covers of that song on YouTube. So, like, you could you could probably spend like twelve hours only watching covers of "Teenage Dirtbag," and some of them are absurd and amazing. Like, there's this one of this woman who's just like she's like. It's just like these these close-up shots of her face and she's in the shower with like mascara running down her face and she's singing it like a ballad. Like it's just, but it's like, she's serious. She's singing Teenage Dirtbag. Like she's not, this isn't supposed to be a spoof or a joke or whatever. Just like I'm doing this cool serious cover of Teenage Dirtbag. Um, it's amazing shit. Everybody should go on a, on a YouTube Teenage Dirtbag cover uh, binge. Another great cover that you should all keep your eyes out for um, is James and I are working on a Wheels of the on the Bus metal metal cover. Um, we've been really working hard on uh, the guitar riffs. Um, he's got a sick solo. Uh, yeah, we just we got some double bass in the back, double kick going. Um, sick shit. Your bird just did a great cover of Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> hey.